0: This is The Gambling Gauchos.
1: You're listening to The Gambling Gauchos. Talking Texas Tech. On the Big 12 and beyond. We've got everything you need money lines, memes, and matadors. Well, you want to quit, Ethan? That'll be the day. Now, here's Kyle Jacobson and Rob Bro, the money line matadors, the casino cowboys, the parlay pickadors.
2: You see, in this world, there's
3: two kinds of people, my friend. Those with loaded guns,
1: and those who dig.
2: You dig.
0: Where?
1: The gambling gauchos. Oh, and one more thing. It's all West Texas. It always has been.
3: Ooh. Welcome into the Gambling Gauchos. I'm Rob Bro. He's Kyle Jacobson. Mayor of a good time. Hey Kyle, we're in the Cardinal Sports Center studio. And I was thinking about this the other day. We had the uh, white hats. We had the black hats. We've put out the black gambling gaucho shirts. We've got the it's all West Texas shirts what's next you yeah, know I was thinking of that to myself we had a, a camo recommendation we talked last week about some red hats uh, whatever it is I do know that Cardinals will produce and Cardinals online or in person is an electric ex- experience and the the customer service really unmatched with the people at Cardinals uh, our dealings with them behind the scenes have been a, a great too uh, with uh, shout out Bradley and Chris so uh, I just wanted to get that off my chest. I don't know what's next. Maybe some some polos. We talked about some West Texas polos.
2: Yeah, I want that West um, Texas design on something.
3: I keep telling uh, Bradley I'm going to email him, and
2: <laughs> I haven't yet. But, so
3: uh, maybe, maybe look for something new is all I'm getting at, at Cardinals, mycardinalsports.com, or in person here in Lubbock.
2: And we just started this last week, but our weekly Big 12 Pick'em, which is free to enter. If you win that, you will get a $20 Cardinal Sports Center gift card courtesy of the Gauchos. Our winner last week, if you're listening, still trying to figure out how to get that to you, but yeah, we'll, we'll find a way. Worst case scenario, we'll Venmo you like 20 bucks.
3: And I will say, I know we just announced that in week three, but we should probably retroactively give that to the first two weeks as well. I'm not trying to give away our money here, Kyle, but I think our Cardinals uh, friends would be all right with that. Absolutely. So if you've won, in the first three weeks, go ahead and let us know. I We still have the winners, but don't don't think we forgot about you. Because I, I did see the one guy, the first week winner, DM'd us like on Tuesday.
2: <laughs> yeah, it's like, all right, man.
3: All right, man. <laughs> been a couple of weeks now, but uh, glad to have you along. All right. I know everybody's not on Twitter as, as much as we are. Uh, certainly, you've been on Twitter a lot in the last 48 to 72 hours. Um, if you haven't been on Twitter since Sunday... Let me just clue you in on what you've missed. Uh, a lot of red will now be available uh, to your eyes when you get back on Twitter after 72 hours. Uh, it is a red out at the stadium. And also on Twitter, everybody's profile pictures are red, uh, courtesy of Mateo, uh, who did most of the work. And then I did some, and then Kyle did a few. The
2: Mayo never rests.
3: Um, and so if you if you want a red profile picture on Twitter, let Kyle know, or Mateo, uh, if you can find his handle. I'm not going to say his whole handle. Um, and then also, uh, Longhorn Fact Wednesday. Do you want to tell us how that came about, or do you want to save that for the special episode we have later in the week?
2: I'll save most of it for our interview with Kyle Lumlong. You know, he's... I get that like a lot of our listeners probably don't like him, and I get why. Yeah. he's a He's a trash-talk extraordinaire. But like behind the scenes he seems like an okay guy i mean he roots for the wrong team and uh you know he he's found a way to get a ton of engagement on twitter by trash talking pretty much anybody texas plays and so we knew he was going to do tech fact tuesday cuz he does that i think for just about every ut opponent if not everyone i don't maybe it's like a subdued version when they play iowa state or something i don't know well and i he
3: he's a guy that feeds off engagement mm-hmm. i mean Aggies fed off the Aggie fact Thursday so much. He wrote two books.
2: Yeah. That's what like, you have to respect the hustle. Yeah. He's good at what he does. And, and so, so anyway, we just messaged him yeah. and we're like, Hey, we might play off of you. I'm not going to make this a weekly thing or even no. an annual thing. It's like a one-time deal,
3: one-time deal. And we're not going to do it during basketball.
2: No, no, hopefully.
3: No, I don't want uh, to do it And then that's the difference between us and, uh, him. It's his whole bit. That's just something we did. And I will say this. Um, and I would say this to his face, and I might say it tomorrow. It, it's one thing to do it like face to face, right? Mano a mano. But to just do it every Thursday <laughs> for the same school <laughs> when you haven't played him in a decade, it's like, come on, man.
2: No, it's a great counter to. Uh, I, I want to save some of this for the um long, but yeah. So, like, this guy not only has a Tech Fact Tuesday, but I guess we got under skin enough. He. Doubled down. Extended it yeah. to a Tech Fact Wednesday. So he's been tweeting about us for two days, and I guarantee you, if they lose on Saturday, it's not a rival. It'll be it's not a rival. We don't even think about you. We don't care about this game. It's like they well, won their Super Bowl. You know, hey, dude. You, I mean, you tweeted about us eighty five times. You got to care to some extent. Um, but yeah, we'll get into more of the specifics and like the hypocrisies, the, the cherry picking, which we yeah. we leaned into. Oh yeah, you know, part of the bit, but. I think it'll be actually a really interesting conversation with Kyle to kind of learn about how his mind works and how he got so good at this and what he thought of this week's exchanges and everything.
3: We also talked to Dana beers. We'll play that episode or interview later in this episode. Uh, We do have a couple of questions early on. Uh, So was Dana beers cool or nah? Uh, Yeah. Extremely Cool. cool. Yeah. He's a cool dude. Um, and I think, I think, and I just want to say this real quick off the top because we'll play the interview later, but I think Barstool dudes get a bad rep if you're not a fan of Barstool. Like, he's just another Barstool guy. Jock. Uh, You know, it's Barstool. They're sexist and chauvinist and whatever else. But I think of all the dudes and ladies at Barstool, Dana is the most... Red Raider esque and I wouldn't be interviewing him or putting my reputation alongside Dana beers. If I didn't think he was up for the task, uh, the guy is just so genuine and organic. Every opportunity he gets, uh, if you go back to like the zillion beers, merch or, um, the balcony bed thing where he just laid on a balcony with a bunch of friends for like three weeks (laughs) The dude is – he chases organic experiences, and I think that's what Red Raiders do too. Um, And he's not an alcoholic, but uh, I think you could say that about a lot of tech fans too. They're not alcoholics, but –
2: But we know how to get up for game day.
3: A couple of drinks here and there on a Tuesday night, and you're fine.
2: Yeah, I think that's that's well said. I think Red Raider fans who maybe aren't super into bars, so I'm not. I mean, to be honest, I – Sorry if you're listening to this, Dana. I'm not like a huge into it. Honestly, when we started producing as much content as we did, it's hard to consume as much as I used to. So anyway. Right. But yeah, if you're not familiar with him, great Twitter follow. He seems genuinely excited. Like he feels the love from the fan base. I think he'd be a great fit here. I'm not just saying that because he's a recruit. Yeah. it. I mean that sincerely.
3: Big cat's on our side, which yeah. is always good to have. Yeah. Uh, and just, Hey, free plug for Dana. If you haven't watched coach prime season one, they're on YouTube. Incredible content. Uh, we didn't have enough time with him to get into it, but I, we wanted to ask, um, if he thought Dion would move to the power five soon. Uh, I thought he would have been a great fit for TCU. You think he might be a great fit for Arizona state. Maybe we'll get into that at Arizona state. Let's get into that a little bit later because there are some open jobs on the table Or we could do it right now. You want to do that before we get into Texas, Texas tech.
2: No, it's, it's game week. Let's okay. Let's get into the game.
3: Uh, maybe we do that Sunday. Circle back. Yeah. Or, we'll circle back to the yeah. open Nebraska job and open uh, Arizona, Arizona State, State job. job. Yeah. Uh, by the way, Herm Edwards fired Ouch. in the end zone. He didn't even get off the field. <laughs> that is rough. <laughs> rough. Uh, when the Rob Bro show got canceled, uh, they caught me in the hallway right outside the studio. Uh, so I felt I felt for Herm in that moment.
2: To, they, by, by the way, the Rob Bro show is back. Could they not have said? Hey Herm, like can you meet us in, in the athletic director's surely office? Surely
3: they did, right? Surely it was a short conversation and then he got fired later. Or do you think he was just like, Well, just tell me now? I I the, like I see what's happening.
2: The way it looked, like the way he was kind of like braced by one of the gen- like one was, I guess, the university president, one was the yeah. athletic director. I think it was like, Hey Herm, can you come tough. talk to? And then he like puts his hand on his shoulder and I think that's me to like we're gonna go a different direction and tough. Looks like he handled it well and he's like, Okay, like I understand. D- dude's walking off the field. They just lost at home to Eastern Michigan. He had to yeah. probably have some inkling that that might happen.
3: You think Herm's walking toward him like, hey, we almost had him. It was just a couple possessions <laughs> <Yeah>. away.
2: <laughs> We're close, man. We got some guys in this year's recruiting class coming in next year, and they're like, oof.
3: I mean, I can't believe they kept him after the the debacle of the coronavirus, uh, bringing, up, bringing up recruits at 9 p.m. for visits when Antonio Pierce was doing all that. Weird, years ago.
2: Weird hire to begin with. Like, I still remember the video of him on his first day. Yeah. And he didn't realize that the jersey was real. Like, he thought it was a replica or like a child's jersey. Because he didn't yes. realize how tight and form-fitting a modern jersey is. And I was like, man, this guy might be a little bit out of touch to be the CEO of a Power 5 program.
3: And then the guy was like from, uh, hey, uh, this is uh, Tim Stone from uh, Sundevil.com. And he's like, why are well, you repping devils, man? It's <laughs> like, that's the, <laughs> that's the universe. Weird. It's the university mascot yeah you, not, did you know this, that her
2: Arizona State yeah falls into a very small category of sleeping giant college football programs I think they have a ton of natural built-in advantages that they've never tapped into they could be a monster if they wanted to similar to Clemson before Dabo and North Carolina also Texas Tech there you go those are the four that come to my room like they could be really yeah. good at football.
3: North Carolina. North Carolina. Okay. Okay. Cool. Texas Texas. Tech. The line's open at 5 uh, and 67 and a half. But I think that we just gave away a bunch of free money on the pick them uh, because I think the guy keyed it in wrong at 57 and a half instead of
2: – he meant to do 57 and a half instead of 67 and a half. Can I ask you a question?
3: Because that – even up real quick, yeah.
2: Why did you do Circa opening line instead of consensus action for the Pick'em? Oh,
3: I've done that every week. Oh. I thought that's what we had planned.
2: I thought we would let it settle and by the time we put it out Monday or Tuesday, use a consensus.
3: No, I've done opening every week. Oh, okay. I certainly would prefer to do consensus. Oh, well, yeah, let's do that. Okay.
2: <laughs> I didn't know we were doing opening. I just
3: thought that's what we had talked about. I'm just doing what the boss man says, Kyle.
2: You're the CEO of the Gambling Gauchos. Now, just, we
3: both know that that is a facetious thing just, because you are the shadow coordinator of... Uh, I mean, you're the VP of Lubbock. Why would you not be in charge of the Gauchos?
2: All right, there's a football game this weekend.
3: Yeah, I was trying to get to him, and you
2: go for it. derailed us No, again. you wanted to talk about Herm Edwards.
3: So the line opened at five, quickly moved to six and a half. Um, The Circa opening number was way off. They've corrected it since I think it landed at 58 and a half today. Uh, I'm still leaning under in this game, and I think it'll be about a touchdown game. So kudos to Vegas. (laughs) Um, If it went past seven and a half, I think I would bet on Texas Tech. Um, But inside seven and a half, I think I'll lean Texas um I wrote earlier and I'm just going to give my score you can give your score and then we can talk about why unless you want to wait till the pickums like we've been doing. Oh, we can get into it. I just feel like this is a better scenario since so we don't have to dance around it while we're talking. How we've done the last few weeks. It's like, "Hey, I really want to say this, but I don't want to give away my pick." Uh, let's say what is it? 3325. Because <laughs> I want to be just under and I think it's about a touchdown game. How do you get to that number? I don't know, but I'm kind of pegging in the middle here that it gives a little bit of room above and a little bit of room below, and it's about seven points. Uh, I guess that's, yeah, 33-25. Um, I will be really, really interested to see how B. John Robinson does. Uh, last year against Iowa State, you held Brees Hall to 50 yards, but he scored twice. Uh, I wonder if it's not a similar output for um, Bijan this year uh, after just absolutely demolishing you last year as part of the 70 points that Texas put up.
2: Yeah, I'm worried. I think that's the key to the game, which sounds obvious. Like, hey, the best player might be the key to the game. But Texas Tech has been very good against the run this season. They've been really good, actually, pretty much in all facets defensively through three games. But... Bijan is just kind of a different animal. Like, NC State had some good running backs. Houston had some good backs, but Bijan is like second round NFL draft type guy. Just because like nobody goes in the first round anymore at that position. He torched you last year. He can catch the ball out of the backfield, and that's actually something I think you might be able to bottle him up running. Yeah, but you've been gashed by screens the last two games, and if they're drawing that up to him, even if you get a third and eight, or even if it's first and 10 at midfield, he can go 50 yards if you're not playing that screen really, really well. So I'm, I'm worried. And I, he's kind of the X factor for me. If you can bottle him up, I think that's the only way you have a chance. But if he's running wild, I, I don't see you matching that on offense. Running wild, brother.
3: Listen here, brother. Uh Xavier Worthy as well. Because I think Xavier Worthy can hurt you in the screen game and deep. Uh, I think Quinn Ewers is starting. Uh, Demarvian Overshawn, Overshawn, uh, going to be out for the first half. Why do you think Texas Quinn is are not happy. Uh, wind in the wire.
2: Hmm. I'd be a little bit surprised.
3: I would be a little bit surprised. I think it's maybe just a little bit of window dressing to get people up and worried. Um, but I believe somebody said on a message board today that he was starting. And uh, earlier in the week, from what I actually heard and saw, why I thought this before the message board. I I don't remember which message board it was, or I'll give him credit. Probably probably RRS. Um, But uh, Sarkeesian was talking about him practicing early in the week. And if you're practicing early in the week, you're probably good to go. If you practice like Wednesday, Thursday, all right, you still might be behind schedule. But if you practice Sunday, if you're on the field Sunday, you're probably good to go. Yeah, I, don't, I just don't know. I don't know how much that changes the game plan. I think Card and Ewers are similar. It might actually be better for Texas Tech that Quinn Ewers is playing uh, because he'll try to take more shots, and you might get lucky on a couple of them. Card will take care of it and control the ball.
2: Yeah, I just don't know. I'm glad that you got a look at Tank Dell before playing Xavier Worthy. I think Xavier Worthy's probably still a rung above him, but – I don't know, athletically. Maybe receiver-wise? Still similar type players, whereas I yeah. don't think you've gotten a comparable look no. versus a Bijan.
3: No. Well, and uh, the NC State running back did a little bit of damage um, on one or two drives. Uh, he got that touchdown, though. I don't expect that to happen again. Um. So we've talked a little bit about some X factors for Texas. Who do you think Texas Tech matches up good against Texas with? Because... The easy answer for me, Tyree Wilson. Um, but I really don't, and this is, again, why I'm picking Texas, and you haven't given a score yet, I've noticed. But um, I I don't know that anybody, like you're going to have to have somebody step up for it to be a difference. Taj Brooks in spots, but are you going to use him? Serajic Thompson in spots, but are you going to use him? Uh, you've not had a receiver break through. Uh, you had the two big plays by Nehemiah Martinez and Miles Price Against Houston, but beyond that, like Duran Bradley, I guess, has been your best receiver. Trey Cleveland has some plays and a drop. um Look, Fungi has some plays, but you're going to get consistent production from him. Uh, and I don't know that you have anybody to blow off the top of the lid.
2: Did you want my score prediction or did you want me to answer to that? I want
3: you to oh. do what you feel, Kyle. Okay. I don't know why you got so snippy all of a sudden.
2: Well, I felt like I was just responding you to your... You want to talk about Herb Edwards. I thought I was responding to your snippiness because you were like, I noticed, noticed you haven't given a score prediction uh-huh. yet. Well, if you want to get soft um, on me. So I think where you might not have an advantage, but where Texas has some deficiencies. First off, a lot was made about their offensive line... Do you have a score prediction? ...being horrible all off season, They uh, seemingly held their own against Alabama. Yeah. And as good as your front seven has been... You're still a couple steps behind Alabama, so I I actually don't know if you can just go manhandle their offensive line. I hope you can.
3: And doubling down, UTSA looked a lot better against Houston than they did against Texas.
2: I think that Texas lacks – this is some intel I got from a guy who kind of covers Texas. They lack a pure edge rusher like Houston has, and you obviously struggled with that, so – I don't think necessarily your offensive line has an advantage against their defensive line, but I think one of your biggest weaknesses might not be so obvious if Texas doesn't have the personnel to match up against that. I think the X factor on offense, yeah, the offensive line, you need to run the ball, which you really haven't done that well against Houston and NC State, but it's a quarterback play. I mean, it kind of starts and ends there. If you turn the ball over four times, you're not going to win this game. Yeah, easy. The rest of this is kind of like, look. If Bijan runs for three hundred yards or fifty yards, if you turn the ball over four times, you're not going to win this game.
3: Nope, and you're not going to cover.
2: Right. So, n- my score prediction. I'm with you that it's low scoring. Uh-huh. I-, I was impressed by UT's defense. Um,
3: is this is this uh, Colin, Colin, or Cowherd low scoring or legitimately <laughs> yeah. low
2: scoring? Uh, so I mean, I'll, I guess low scoring in the sense that I'm going to take the under,
3: high scoring for Cowherd. Yeah, Coward. 30, probably
2: out um I just don't a, until I see it from this offense. Look, you scored twenty points in regulation against Houston. You scored fourteen in regulation against NC State. Until I see them score thirty-one plus, right? I think your ceiling is in the twenties against
3: not Murray State,
2: right? And that's even if you play like you could improve on your performance from the last two games and score twenty-four points, which I don't think is going to be enough. So I'm going to say. I'll say 31, I'll say 34 21, 34 24, 31 23. Okay. So you're doing what I'm trying to do. It's, hey,
3: under, but seven points, about. I think in it's the a same pretty area. low
2: scoring game. I So before NC State, I said I'd be disappointed if it's not competitive. Right. I think it was actually fairly competitive. It was. The outcome was yeah. in the balance in the fourth quarter. Um, well, and we didn't the actually ever apply enough pressure them. on offense for it to be in serious jeopardy. Right. I see this one, I think unfolding kind of similar. I don't think Texas with all their offensive firepower, especially if Ewers plays, I don't see them getting to 45 or even maybe 38 points. So I think hopefully you keep them around 34, 31 to give yourself a chance. But like I said, until I see it from this offense, I don't know if you have the capability to match that against a good team like Texas. So I think you'll be stuck in the twenties Texas will be in the low 30s.
3: Feels gross.
2: Here's where, I think, here's where I think it looks like if Texas Tech wins. Yeah. A few things. I think the crowd is insane. Yep. Texas has not played a road game this season. Quinn Ewers, he was on the sideline for some road environments at Ohio State, but that was supposed to be his senior year of high school. Right. He's basically a true freshman, and he's seen some stuff, right? He was at Ohio State. He played Alabama. But if he's out there for 85 snaps on the road, he has not seen that yet in college. If the crowd keeps you in the game, if you can get a push running the ball and just eliminate the bad mistakes, the muffed punts, the pick sixes, like even if you go for it on fourth and one and you get stuffed, okay, that's better than a pick six.
3: Yeah.
0: I'll have a Venables quote for you.
2: So just the horrible, like shooting yourself in the foot four times – that can't happen. So I think if those three things, if you can find some semblance of balance, take some pressure off the pass game, we don't know what the snaps breakdowns going to look like between Morton and Smith, but whoever it is, if Taj and Sirotrick can get going a little bit, that takes a huge weight off their shoulders. Crowd needs to be into it. No bad mistakes.
3: So Venables this week was asked a similar question, uh, really an opposite question of uh, Joey. Joey was asked, you know, why are you not fair catching some of these and all this stuff? Uh, and he gave the analytical answer, and he kind of doubled down that, well, we, we're, that's our plan. We're just doing our plan. Uh, and I thought he answered it fine, but Venables was asked, uh, you know, their nature in punt returns and how they're so good at punt returns. Um, and I know you and I have both been pro fair catch everything because to start on the 25 is better than to start on the 19, and you've just not proven that you can be good at it yet here at Texas Tech in two, three, four seasons. Regardless of the coach. Uh, but Venable says you can't not be aggressive in one aspect and then think you can just automatically go be aggressive in the next aspect.
2: I think it's a BS quote.
3: You have to be aggressive all the time. Now,
2: I br- liked it though. Is he bringing eight I like every play answer. on defense?
3: Yeah, but you can be aggressive in zone. You could sit back and Why be
2: isn't aggressive. he bringing eight? You could be more aggressive.
3: Uh, that's. You're
2: obfuscating. Does Jeff Levy throw the ball 50 yards down the field every play? Do they go tempo every drive? No, but there's a plan in place. Okay, the plan yeah. in place can be now you can gonna, have an aggressive you c- can have an
3: aggressive running game. Here, here's
2: the plan in place for a kickoff return: we're gonna have no injuries, no penalties, and we're yeah. never gonna start shy of the 25 yard line. Well, yeah, but you could be. Well, hold on. How's that for your plan? Hold on. Just like okay, if we get the ball with four, <laughs> hang on. No, hold on. no, I'm gonna make a point. Okay. Because you asked me the question, you get the ball with four I'm minutes really left. Just you're you not gonna quote. You're not gonna be aggressive. Run a two minute drill, are you?
3: Yeah, I don't know that I asked a question,
2: but you did. You asked me what I thought of the Venable's quote. Okay. You said, I think... So you don't like I think it? I'm quoting almost verbatim. I want to get your thoughts on this Venables quote. And I'm giving it to you like, whoa, hold on, hold on, hold on, because you're about to I make said, a good point. And,
3: I think I said I have a Venables quote for you. It's speak.
2: Oh, we're going to be aggressive in every phase of the game. Shut up. I like the quote. How about we're going to be smart in every phase of the game? I like, well,
3: I'd rather be aggressive than smart.
2: Okay. An aggressive team will bring nine. A smart team will throw a screen and score.
3: But I also... I also don't want to... Teach a guy to just field every kick. If you're running out of bounds and have to toe tap to catch the ball because it's going out of bounds, maybe let that one go.
2: So if you're up, the other team has no timeouts left. Yeah. And you're winning with a minute 20 left. Are you going to be aggressive on offense or are you just going to take three knees and then get oh, out of there?
3: Deep shots. Yeah. Yeah.
2: I bet, I bet Brent Venables would, right? Because
0: you, don't, don't you have to be aggressive think, all
2: three phases of the game.
0: I don't necessarily so what think you're saying is uh, Brent are, Venables is a great coach. There are coach.
2: scenarios where you do take your foot off the gas and you don't necessarily take the highest risk, highest reward proposition like on a kickoff return you have uh, failed to start beyond the twenty-five. First all of all, this is a Brent Venables quote? Yeah, I'm saying it's a stupid quote because you yeah. asked me my thought on the Brent Venables quote. Ruben, you're acting like this is something I came up with. It seems like you're defending it. You said I like the quote.
3: Well, I, I had to jump in and defend it because you got so aggressive on Brent the Venables top.
2: isn't my podcast co-host, so I, I can't <laughs> take it up with him.
3: <laughs> I will say this about the quote. I liked the quote. Obviously, there are spots in a football game you don't want to be aggressive, but
2: oh, uh, like kickoff overall... <laughs>
3: <laughs> okay. So you're still all in on the fair catch everything?
2: Yeah. Unless I think I would fair catch make half of them. Unless and until you prove that you can do otherwise. Yeah, I will say,
3: I like Neymar Martinez. I wish he could pick and choose when he really wanted to run out.
2: Here, okay, you want to know how I know it's stupid to return a kickoff? Ohio State. Such a broad thing. Ohio State. Yeah. They intentionally kicked the ball. This was in years past. I don't know if they had the same special teams coach. They intentionally kicked the ball. This was before the old touchback rule where you couldn't just fair catch and get out the 25. Right. They would try to make it land at the goal line or at the one to make you return it. They wanted you to do that. So you're playing into your opponents. Hand. It's like if I'm playing poker and I want you to bet because I've got a full house. Right. You're slow playing me. Yes. And so why we're doing what the opponent wants us to do is crazy to me.
3: By the way, I said this uh, earlier in the week on a different show. If I was playing Texas Tech, I would kick it to the goal line every time. And not just because Joey said that in the press conference that they were going to return everything and that was their plan, but because you could see it on film. They return everything. Kick it in the corner at the goal line and risk risk it being the 35 because otherwise it's going to be at the 5.
2: We tried to toe tap it, and we almost got the ball at the 4-yard line because yes.
3: Yeah, that's going to happen this
2: year. And it's completely avoidable when it does.
3: Uh, but I do want you know, a team to be aggressive in all phases. Of the game.
2: You know what would be even better? You uh-huh. know, when they change the intentional walk rule in baseball, you don't have to throw the four pitches. Yeah. The receiving team should be able to say, unless the other team informs them, we're going to try an onside kick, you should be able to say, we're just going to just give us a ball to 25. We don't even have to kick it.
3: Oh, I, I am 100% in for that.
2: If the receiving team so chooses. I don't think that should be a uniform rule because I don't want to just do away with an element of the game. Oh, kill kickers. But it's like the intentional yeah. walk. Nah, why why it, do we have to line up and throw it four times soccer. if we know what is going to happen?
3: They can go play soccer.
2: Speed up the game. Yeah. I love that, that TV timeout after a touchdown and then oh, the kickoff yeah. and then the TV timeout.
3: Yeah, it's one of my favorite things. You know what else is one of my favorite things?
2: Rahino Barbecue. Hey, they're going to be out at Goodline Beer out in uh, the Tech Terrace area on Saturday. So if you're in Lubbock for the game and can't make it out to Olton on Friday or Saturday, they'll have the food truck out there. Best barbecue in West Texas. Tell them the Gaucho sent you. And really their entire menu, I think after the Picadors tried it at the tailgate a few weeks ago, everything got rave reviews, which I've been saying for months you can't miss there. But try a little bit of everything because the ribs are good, the brisket burgers good, the jalapeno poppers are good. burn they might have a sandwich called the Gambling Gaucho. I don't know if that is going to debut. We'll have to see. Just yet. I don't know what the sandwich is. I don't either. I just hope it's not pulled pork.
3: That would be really funny. It I was would, just it would about be to funny. <laughs> just, would you try it if. Uh, I'd, I'd, I'd try it. Okay. I don't know that they. Uh, for content. My bad. Well, they have some other pulled pork sandwiches already, I think. Yeah. So I don't think they would double down.
2: Yeah. But anyway, yes, go check out our friends at Rehino and follow them on social at Rehino BBQ on Twitter and Instagram to keep up with where their mobile food truck is, specials they've got running, all that good stuff.
3: Where do you want to go from here? Because uh, a couple of ways we could hear from Dana B. We could make some picks. We can get into the mailbag because there's a lot of questions specifically for the game. Excuse me. That... uh, we could get to and have it flow a little better, I think. You want to do that?
2: Yeah, let's play the Dana clip and then we'll come back. Get back into the game. Well, that's okay. Is that, is that the opposite of what you just said?
3: Yep, but we can do that. <laughs> it's whatever you want. Let's knock the mailbag out because okay. it's a lot of what we're just talking about. Okay, yeah. And so I don't, I think we could, I think for some of these, we can just say we just answered that. Uh, all right, in the mailbag, are you a dog? Dog. I think that was to Dana. Uh, All right, question for the pod. What's your take on Joey seeming to put a lot of emphasis and backing into analytics-based decisions? Uh, This question goes on for about two more inches. I can read the whole thing, uh, or you can just give me your thoughts on analytics.
2: Is that the gist of the question, like balancing analytics versus gut, essentially?
3: Uh, Yes. He he talked about how they were 100% analytics, and then he said, you know, if I had taken the traditional approach, I would have done it differently. Now I'm all in. I listened to Aranda rule um and then he the question from uh, cinnabon kind of goes through some situations that if the fourth and ten had worked if the fourth and eight had worked you're kind of a genius but otherwise you're just not and it doesn't look good
2: yeah and that's what we talked about on the last podcast is you can have a bad play call that's executed well you can have a good play call that's executed poorly and most fans just kind of judge you on the ultimate outcome regardless of
3: right you know a play is good or bad before the play happens. Like, it's a good play call or a bad play call.
2: I told a story from my high school playing days on this. Right. I actually forgot of an even better one. If Can I indulge yeah. everybody? I would love for you to indulge us. So we, we ran the spread offense. This is this is freshman year football. Okay. First play of the game, we always put the tight end in the tackle spot, put the tackle out uh, at split end, and he was off the line. So the first man on the end of the line of scrimmage is an eligible receiver. Right. And so nobody the, had tape. Freshman. No, football. no,
3: nobody's watching that. <laughs> so first play of the game, there well, was a huddle back in the 2000. The guy
2: lined up at tackle eight, yeah. would just run straight past the linebackers, like before the linebackers realized that he's gone. And since we're like five wide, the safeties and corners are out there. Well, it got blown up. He got like manhandled at the line of scrimmage. I have no, I have no second option on this play, so I'm just like, okay, don't get sacked, dude. I run around in the backfield for what feels like like that Kyler Murray two point conversion. Yeah. Back there for like 30 seconds. Finally, I just like dump it to the running back. He houses it from like 80 <laughs> yards with score, like on the worst executed trick play ever. Yeah. And this this is my first play ever at quarterback, by the way. I was the backup and then the starter uh failed a class, so he couldn't play. Oh. This is my first play ever <laughs> at quarterback freshman year. I go to something. He I'm never like, looked back. I'm fired. I'm like, let's go. And my coach is like pissed off that the play didn't work. I mean, it worked, but right. not how it was he was like, Why didn't you throw it to him? I was like, you know, I kind of like tunnel vision. In my first play, I'm like right. wide eyed, like a deer in headlights. I was like, "We scored," but to his from the coach's per- perspective, he was like that was the worst, the ugliest play I've ever seen. Yeah. So anyway, all that to say, you can call quarterback power on fourth and one, and if your quarterback checks out of it and airmails it down the field for a pick six, it looks like a horrible play.
3: Hypothetically.
2: Anyway, um, so on the analytics versus gut. I've got I've got broad thoughts on this if you'll indulge me. Yeah. I have a preference, but I I want what works, right? I think a lot of people are scared of the word analytics and to them that means the coach doing something weird. Yeah. That they're not used to. Yeah. Or like
3: fourth and one from the their own 25.
2: I think you have all this data available to you historically about how often teams convert when it's fourth and one at their own 36 yard line and that you can make a a reasonable decision on which way to go helps you win the game or gives you a higher percentage of winning the game. So I'm for leaning on it as a tool as long as it's implemented properly. I think some people misunderstand analytics.
3: As a tool is an important distinction.
2: But I also think every game is different and there's game flow and there's momentum and there's situational football. Like, okay, the science says go for it here. But if I've got a quarterback making a sixth career start on the road and he hasn't played that well to this point, maybe we don't go for it here. Or if we do, we're not putting the ball in his hands. Yeah. Because cause there's also the, like, if you run on fourth and one, you convert at this rate. If you pass on fourth and one, you convert at this rate. So I, I, I like it as a tool in the toolbox. I'm not a, oh, old school is better. Analytics is worthless. But I also, I think Hyatt phrased it. He's like, you might as well have a computer coaching the game. I'm not for that either. And I actually don't think that's what Joey was saying. I think he just said he considers
3: right, hundred percent the, the time. stats and
2: the analytics, and that informs his decision. But he doesn't just go with whatever the book yeah. says, well, so to speak. I mean,
3: you got to know when to hold them,
2: know I mean, when to fold them. Don't get me started on blackjack basic strategy and get sharing on. a table with a bunch of idiots. Know when to walk away when the dealing's done. Nothing pisses me off more than that, dude. When somebody you ever seen the movie Twenty One stays when they shouldn't. Yeah,
3: big fan. Except now, you know, Kevin Spacey. Yeah, he's
2: not why you like that movie. He's the bad guy in that movie. Yeah, I'm kind of a... I like the bad guy. I thought you were Batman and I was the Joker on this duo.
3: No, that was that was uh, from the pa- that was yeah. from the Discord. I didn't come up with that. Hey, how do you join the Discord? Uh, if you go to patreon.com slash or hit the link in our bio, uh, you can join for $5. A lot of people have been joining lately. Uh... Not as many joining the Discord. That's that's one of the big benefits. So if you're joining the Patreon, we send you a Patreon message. Uh, if you're listening to this and you joined the Patreon recently but haven't gone back and checked that message, there's the Discord invite. Um, and then what you'll need to do, it, it might even be out of date now for the last couple. So just yeah. hit us again or, or DM us on Twitter and say, hey, I'm on the Patreon. Uh, we'll give you a Discord link.
2: Maybe they just wanted to catch up on all the cool interviews we did with Rodney Blackshear, Cody Campbell, Dusty Womble, Sonny Cumbie. Absolutely. All that good stuff. Now, the Sonny Cumbie one
3: is live uh, for the public. We'll, we'll do that yeah. for
2: one more week, and then we'll probably put it back private. Yeah, you can go get a taste of it before you spend your hard-earned money on the Patreon. A taste of the glory. Let's see what it tastes like. Uh, was there any more questions off the Discord mailbag? Hey, I'm proud of you. Dude, I love Nacho Libre. I don't get a lot of references, <laughs> get the but card of I face. love that movie.
3: Uh, what is the loss this weekend... Look like where we watch the tape and aren't discouraged uh cover the spread, give away points like last week, but defense gives us a chance anyways, and then there's a prop bet, but I'm going to save that one for the prop bet segment. I have an answer um do you want to go first or
2: There's no scenario where you lose this game and come away encouraged boom
3: there are games on the schedule uh on the road, top sixteen you can play that game and be
2: encouraged moving forward. I've one minor caveat. There would be the smallest of silver linings. If you're losing 31 to 0 at halftime and Baron Morton comes in and you lose 34 to 31, but he's obviously like on right. a trajectory to be the greatest quarterback who's ever come through here, maybe. Yeah. But even then you'd be like, "Well, why didn't he come in one drive sooner and
3: like when uh I don't see a way that you lose. Like when game. Alan Bowman got hurt and Jet Duffy came in and almost came all the way back against Westford, didn't he look like the quarterback of the future?
2: <laughs> uh, maybe to some, <laughs> I don't think I was ever on that bandwagon. Oh, that was before a podcast, so nobody can check me on that. But I was. I
3: don't think any audio exists, but I was definitely on the Duffy bandwagon. So I remember a funny, as opposed to Alan Bowman,
2: I remember a funny tweet from that season from one of our Twitter followers. I don't know if. I should shout them out or not. I want to credit them, but I don't want to. What's the tweet? And I'll tell you. <laughs> so he said, this was like in the middle of that season after a really bad Duffy interception. He was yeah. like, you cannot convince me that Jet Duffy has read one and then in parentheses, the number one defense all year. And I was like, yeah, I think that's pretty much. Did it start with an L? Yeah. Yeah. It's Landahoy. Yeah, Landahoy, yeah. it's a great tweet. And that, that's what it was like watching Jet Duffy. Like, okay, if he escapes the pocket and runs, great. If he's got one read, right. he's got a pretty good arm, but like asking him to read a defense, no.
3: All right, I want to get into the, the Baron Morton conversation, but I'm also gonna do that during the prop bets. So let's hear from our friend Dana Beers, uh, and then we'll get to a pick'em. But before the pick'em, before the picks, and he'll make some picks at the end of this interview, Dana Beers from Barstool, who is on a quest sponsored by Pink Whitney. Have you ever had Pink Whitney? Pretty good. Uh, it is actually, uh, the pink Chilton is actually really good. I've had it before. Uh, a little bit of lime instead of lemon on the pink Pink uh, Chilton. Do you salt your rims? No. Do you ever make Chilton's at home?
2: Yeah, but you put salt in the drink. Okay. Oh. That's how an original Chilton is done. Oh, I don't, see, I it's don't just salt. Just a dash of salt, not on the rim, in the drink.
3: Yeah? I don't salt my drinks. Maybe I need to, though, after that conversation.
2: Uh, here's Dana Beer's. Art, we're
3: chatting with Dana Beers, Dana B, the man from Barstool, Zillion Beers, the balcony bed, all of the things he's been associated with, Mr. Double, Double, Dana, how you doing tonight?
4: How we doing, guys? Man, you just, you just set me up. You made me sound way cooler than I actually am. That's
3: what we're trying to do here, man. Uh, So I guess first question uh, what drew you to Texas tech and what's put Texas tech maybe at the top of your list for a couple of weeks now?
4: So a little bit of the backstory. Um, I grew up in Massachusetts and probably until I was about I know, 11 or 12 years old, I was always a Boston college fan, but like, you know, they were good back then. They had Matt Ryan, the basketball team had Craig Smith, Jared Dudley. They were, you know, going to sweet 16. I was obsessed. And then I don't know what happened. Probably, from high school on, I just lost touch with BC. I kind of just stopped paying attention to college sports, but I always knew I loved college sports. Like that's honestly my favorite type of uh, sport to watch, favorite sport to go to, has always been college football and college basketball. So I don't know, for the last 12, 15 years, I've been like without a team. Um, So I kind of just mentioned it um, like an offhand comment on one of my streams. And someone was like, hey, Dana, what team do you root for? And I was like, I don't really have one, but maybe we can figure that out. Before I knew it, somehow Texas Tech got on there. I think somebody just recommended them. And when I put a video out, like my recruiting video of Texas Tech, I've never seen anything like it. The interaction I got, the, you know, the people that were just tweeting about it and you know, putting stuff on Instagram, it was far and away the most engagement I got on any post. So I was like, damn, these guys do it big down there in Lubbock. And from there, it's just been, uh, you know, it's been even better every time I post something. You know, Twitter goes wild and I couldn't be more happy to even be considering Texas Tech and them allowing me and their family, you know, at some level at this point.
2: Well, we're excited to have you on a visit this weekend. And I don't know about you and some of our listeners, but when I'm playing NCAA 14, I'm a very aggressive recruiter. So I bring guys in like week six, week seven for the visit. I'm not trying to be the last visit in week 14. Try to lock these guys down early. I know you've got some sponsored trips out of this, and you'd be a fool to not take advantage of your tour across the country here. But what do you need to see from Lubbock and Texas Tech this weekend to kind of be like a a silent commit
4: so here's the thing. A lot of people ask me, like, hey, it's, you know, why are these the teams on your list? Why not pick, like, an Alabama or, you know, a Georgia? That's not what this is about. This is about, you know, getting in the roots of the of the college town, seeing the real fans, and, and seeing what it's about. And that's what I'm looking forward to. They've, they've been talking the talk, I'll tell you. The Red Raiders, their fans have been talking the talk big time. So I'm expecting a lot, but what I need to see It really doesn't matter about the outcome of the game it's more about the atmosphere and the tailgate and just the game day feel that if that you know is an overwhelming feeling i think we already know texas tech has been dominating this so far so maybe that just puts them over the top but really it's just about the feel it's not about the final score but if they beat texas hell yeah that's going to help um but we'll see you know they've they've shown me a lot of love so far and, and I really do appreciate it. So I'm just looking forward to the atmosphere.
3: Yeah. Texas tech Twitter is certainly built different as they say, uh, Ric Flair also in town this weekend. Uh, have you had any conversations with Texas tech on what the the plan might be? Or is this all just you coming down and trying to find some good tailgates and just going a little more organic?
4: Um, I've talked a little bit to the, uh, head of recruiting, and I'm definitely going to be getting a little campus tour, or yeah. sorry, facility tour of the football facility. So that'll be awesome. And after that, I'm kind of just restyling it. I'm going to go check out the tailgate and I'm going to try and do a couple videos with, you know, maybe some man on the street type of stuff where some of the fans can tell me why I should pick Texas Tech. And honestly, that content just works itself out with Usually the college kids and, and the crazy fans, they can usually make my job easy and give me some good sound bites. So, um, yeah, the the tailgate itself, not a, a total crazy plan, just kind of showing up and seeing what happens. And then obviously the game, I mean, we'll see. I, I think I'm, I don't think I have the best seats in the house, but like I said, that's what I want. I don't want to be on the field. I don't want to be in the front row. I want to be where the people are, and I want to be where the real fans are. So, um, and I will track down Ric Flair. I don't know how, but I will.
3: He'll be at Raider Alley. So, uh, what? About two hours before, there's a little concert in Raider Alley. Just ask where Raider Alley is. You can find Ric Flair.
4: Okay. Yeah. We. Got, I gotta get at least a picture or something with him because. I mean, I'm not even going to compare myself to him, but if me and him could get together and do something, I think that's a little magic in the air.
2: Oh, yeah. 100% take boys, magic. Take
4: the yeah. boys over the top.
2: <laughs> that would be absolutely electric, and I, I appreciate the fact that you're a man of the people and want the authentic experience. Um, so during COVID, we've so Texas Tech has some previous ties to Barstool. During COVID, uh, we actually had Coach Doug's come coach the Red Raiders for a season or two. Did you get any insight from uh, Big Cat about – Uh, his time coaching the Red Raiders and what the fan base is like over here?
4: Oh, absolutely. I will. The the first time I put out the list, this was a while ago. And the only reason I haven't picked a team yet is because, you know, I had a little inkling from our sales team that they wanted to do something later on. So, you know, that's why this has been dragging out a little bit. But when I first came up with the list, um, Big Tech came up to my desk and he was like, you got to pick Texas Tech. Like, they are, they are easily the most, I don't know, I forget the, what the words he used were, but they embrace Barstool the most out of anyone on my list. And that for sure has happened so far. So nobody knows it better than Big Cat. Like the Texas Tech Red Raiders embrace Barstool. They embrace, you know, the culture we have. So he immediately told me, you got to go with Texas Tech. So that's a good thing for, for the Red Raiders.
3: That's uh, something I've always appreciated, not not only about Barstool, but the brand and Port Noir and all that, the story there. But you personally, capitalizing on a moment, seeing engagement, following engagement. Uh, it's been a really cool thing. And I, I did want to say one thing about the Pink Whitney, the, the, the tour you're coming on. Uh, Lubbock is famous for a drink called the Chilton, which is a vodka, mm-hmm. vodka, lemon, uh, club soda drink. Great with a pink Whitney, a pink Chilton. You're right on board there.
4: I love it. I've, I've actually heard about that. I've heard about a lot of the uh, the beautiful parts of Lubbock and some of the traditions. So I will definitely give that a try. And I, man, I really just can't wait to get there. I'm, I think I'm going to get there early Saturday and, and it's going to be a party.
2: We got a few questions for you. We can make this like a lightning round from some of our Patreon subscribers. Uh, the first one is actually how many Chiltons are you going to have this weekend? Do you have an over under on that?
4: I just want to make it home. So let's call it eight.
2: Okay. I like eight and that. Half. Respectable. I'll take the over. <laughs> yeah. I'll peg the over too. Um, <laughs> another question. What is your beer of choice when you're crushing a 30 rack?
4: Um, you know, growing up in Massachusetts, we had our beer of choice with Bud Light. Um, a couple of years ago, I started mixing in some Millers, but weirdly enough, I'm back on the Bud Light. So I would say a trustee, you know a trusty blue can is good for me
2: all right last question do you have a chip on your shoulder if you don't we likely aren't your choice
4: i absolutely have a chip on my shoulder i mean everybody likes to talk about how maybe i averaged 11 and 9 in high school and it wasn't actually 12 and 10 and it wasn't a double double no (laughs) that's not true i have the biggest chip on my shoulder at barstool so okay that's good to hear i'll fit right in
2: that's a good fit
3: are, do you have any questions for us on Lubbock or the atmosphere, or, or maybe something to do here?
4: So my main question is: What's the scene like if Texas Tech were to win over this this obviously this big rival? What's the scene like afterwards? Do people, you know, go a little crazy? Do they? Uh, is it like a riot? Do they rush the field? How, how do you think it would go if they win on Saturday?
3: Depending on how the game goes, if it's a last second. Um win or or like a big win at the end of the game absolutely field rushing is on hand uh texas tech rushed the field against houston a couple of weeks ago and probably wasn't the best (laughs) spot to do it
2: but we'll rush first anybody (laughs) yeah
3: it, it doesn't matter it's just the moment more than the situation if that makes sense
2: yeah Absolutely. Well, and it, it could be a big moment because this is, with them going to the SEC, this is very likely the last time they play in Lubbock, like conference game or non conference. And so, I mean, there could be, I don't know. I don't know what to expect to answer your question. There could be a riot. The goalposts could come down. It's going to be a scene if we do, and especially like Rob said, kind of in last second fashion. So, uh, but then besides that, like after you leave the stadium, which should be electric, go to Broadway it's right across the street from campus that's where everybody's gonna go for the postgame celebration or to drown out our sorrows if yeah. it doesn't go our way win or lose but that's definitely where <laughs> the like post game scene is
4: no I like that and uh, I, I guess my other question would be what is a lot of people think I'm like this dude who is just like drinking every night that's not the case but this may be a little bit of an alcoholic question um what is like the best bar in Lubbock
2: um, define best. Like, like, tell me a little bit about what you're looking for. Game day. Game day. The I think the every man answer would be chimneys. That's everybody's go to. That's where if you want the authentic experience of the college student of the fan who's coming back into town for the game, chimneys is the place you got to go.
4: Cool. And I guess my other question is, honestly, a lot, a lot. What a lot of people have been overlooking about this whole crazy thing I've been doing is the fact that this isn't just about football like this is every sport especially basketball like honestly i think i would probably be looking forward to basketball more than football and i know texas tech is obviously unbelievable so what are your guys projections for this year i know they signed a couple good transfers and and freshmen but what do you think they're gonna be doing this year
3: yeah i think uh it'll be better than last year uh, Fardaz AMAC is one of the top transfers. Elijah Fisher reclassified from um, uh, the, the class ahead. He's a five-star, four-star, high-recruited uh, wing. You also have some really underrated players on the roster that have had rave reviews. Uh, and it's kind of, you know the defense is going to be there if they can shoot they'll be good and this team that Mark Adams recruited can shoot even better and you'll have 15,000 screaming fans every single home game which makes the USA even better than the Jones
4: I love it yeah I saw those those videos uh, when Chris Beard came in and it was just like I was like I gotta be a part of that someday
3: yeah people say that Chris Beard made that atmosphere it's not true you do that every home game in conference play and in most of the games outside of conference play And if you're a Texas Tech fan, Dana, you fill up the stadium in Waco when Baylor hosts a home game. You fill up the stadium in Austin when Texas hosts a home game. And you fill up the stadium in Fort Worth when TCU hosts a a home game because Texas Tech fans are the best fans in the Big
0: 12.
4: Man, I love it. It, it, I'm telling you, since the second I put that first video out, it's just been straight passion, straight love. And it's, it's something that honestly i just love to even be a mini part of it
0: right
2: now well like i said we're excited to have you last thing we're going to ask you before we get running here we're a gambling podcast we make picks around the big 12 every week um do you mind to stay on with us and and make your picks around the big 12 for the for this coming weekend okay the first game on the slate tcu makes the trip from fort worth to dallas to play smu they're two and a half point favorites what's your gut feel on that game
4: give me TCU I don't know much about them but I know they're better than SMU
2: okay uh, next one Kansas State goes to Norman to play OU they're getting 12 and a half on the road what do you think about K-State Oklahoma I
4: think that's a blowout Oklahoma
2: Chelsea. okay City, Oklahoma. Um, a bit of a rivalry game from the old Big East West Virginia is playing Virginia Tech West Virginia one and a half point favorites in Blacksburg what's your feel on that one
4: I mean, they just lost to Kansas. I know everyone is hot on Kansas right now, but I don't know, man. Give me Virginia Tech. I know they had a a tough loss as well. I guess that's a a toss-up for me. I guess I go Virginia
2: Tech. Okay. Uh, Speaking of Kansas, you've got two basketball schools going at it. Duke is getting seven and a half in Lawrence. That's where I thought college game day should have been. They went to uh, Knoxville instead. Uh, do you think the Jayhawks cover the seven and a half at home against Duke?
4: It is, I was actually talking to one of my coworkers about this today. <clears throat> the fact that this is two three and teams right now, I mean, that's got to be the biggest long shot of all time. So I don't know. I don't. I don't think Kansas is for real. I also don't think Duke is for real. Just give me the over. How about that?
2: Okay, I respect that. Um, Baylor, 17th ranked Baylor, goes to Ames to play undefeated Iowa State. They, the Cyclones are two and a half point favorites at home. What do you think about Baylor, Iowa State?
4: I like Baylor in that one. Um, I think they're eventually going to get it going a little bit better than they have been. And I don't think Iowa State is – I just think Baylor's a better team. So give me Baylor.
2: Okay. Last one is, of course, the showdown in Lubbock. 22nd ranked Texas is, is right now a six and a half point favorite on the road here in Lubbock. What's your pick for this game?
4: That's, you know what my answer is: it's Texas Tech money line. And then I, whatever my biggest bet of the day is, it's going to be Texas Tech money line, and they're going to take it down.
2: Okay, 100%. we're we're plus 225 on the money line right now, so a lot of profit to be made if that cashes.
4: I like that a lot. I, I think that has a lot of potential.
3: All right, Dana B. Dana Beers, thanks for joining us. Tell uh, Glenny Balls that if he wants a five out of five Balls burger to hit hit us up as well, we'll give him some burger wrecks. Uh, looking forward to seeing you guys this weekend. And again, appreciate it. And uh, I guess give us a Reckham and we'll let you go.
4: Yes, sir. Reckham. I'll see you guys on Saturday and I uh, can't wait.
2: All right. See you, Dana. Thanks, Dana. Do
4: Thank you. Thank you.
2: All right, let's take a look around the Big 12, spreads and totals, make our picks. Yeah, who,
3: who did we just talk to, Kyle?
2: That was Dana Beers. Can you help me out a little bit on this? I mean, jeez. <laughs> that was Dana Beers. Hey, Kyle, let's get into our picks. I'm trying to figure out how to, I thought I had a co-tweet. Yeah, one of us is a radio guy here. But it's not showing up anywhere. Uh, well, he has to accept for it to show up somewhere. Well, like it's on his page, but not on ours, maybe? Oh, uh, retweet it? Yeah. Okay. I, I don't know.
3: Yeah, I don't know how that goes. I can't. Uh, we've retweet. done it before, but I can't retweet it. What?
2: What? It won't let me.
3: Oh, maybe you just see it on. Let me hear. Here, let me look for my personal.
2: Yeah. Okay. While we're doing that, picks around the Big Twelve. The showdown in Dallas, Fort Worth. Big time rivalry. TCU goes, across town to SMU. Two and a half point favorites. I actually got them. I'm spoiling my pick here. They were plus money earlier in the week, so I got them at plus one and a half. Thought that was actually better than the money line in case they lose by one. So I'm, not, I'm on TCU plus one and a half, but they moved to a two and a half point favorite. you have a gut feel on SMU, TCU?
3: Uh, same as you. I, I took, and I again, I'm going to spoil uh, a future pick, but where Iowa State is two big 12 teams, I took the home team. This one, it's Big 12 versus Group of Five. You should win. And so I'm going to take TCU. And I think maybe we underrated TCU a little bit. I don't want to say that out loud, but I think maybe we did. And I would like to see them one more time. But I, I think we'll learn. The, I, 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 I grabbed them plus money as well.
2: I actually thought I overrated Colorado after they beat them. I was like, okay, that's a pretty impressive win. But Colorado's so dreadful now. I, I would like to see more of TCU to kind of figure out what sort of team they are. Also, have you seen the discourse about, like, Sonny Dykes' return to SMU and, like, how they're trying to hype that up as a big deal? And, like, SMU's fans are all mad at him? No. Apparently that's a thing, but it's going to be, like, half TCU fans there anyway.
3: And you went from group to power. Yeah. Like, of course he's going to take that job,
2: SMU. If you went from, like, TCU to Baylor or something, that'd be... Like a huge story or like
3: Texas Tech to Texas. <laughs> yeah,
2: but I'm just I don't know why they're trying to play that up so much. And again, even though it's at SMU, TCU might have more fans there. And so I think that's a little bit overblown. Kansas State off a dreadful loss to Tulane at home. They go to Norman. Total is only 53. Seems low, but maybe not because K-State's offense does not look very good. But they're catching 12 and a half in Norman. I, I agree with our friend Dana Beers. I'm on OU and the over. I think OU is going to score some serious points. Yeah, it, that's just my opinion.
3: Same, double down. OU and the over. And I've been on OU and the over for a couple of weeks now. I just, I just think that's going to be Oklahoma this year. I, their defense is better than I thought it would be. Uh, somebody called it the Anaconda defense. This week, which I hadn't heard before, but I guess is a the thing there in Norman. Um, yeah, we'll see how good the defense is this week because the offense for Kansas State is not good. I mean, Skylar Thompson is not going to walk through that door and have a miraculous game to put Oklahoma close to getting beat by Kansas State like they've done in the past four years.
2: Kansas State 0 3 against the over this season. They got to hit over at some point.
3: Yeah, do theory. I'm glad you're embracing that. You used to make fun of me for it.
2: No, I. So I think the way you use the <laughs> oh, due I just use it wrong. Oh, okay, but like okay. if you tell me before the season, is any team going to go 12 and 0 against the over this year? I'd say no, of course not, because the line moves as the season goes on.
3: I wouldn't say that. That's not how
2: I use it. I know that's oh, what okay. I'm saying. All right, the way I use it actually makes sense.
3: Well, you're you see. The inference is how I use it is not the right way.
2: Right, because you say, like, Tech has beaten West Virginia three years in a row, so that's a trend, and they're going to beat them again. But I would say, no, they have different coaches, different players. That's not how that works.
3: (laughs) That is not how I
2: use it. That kind of is. (laughs) No. Okay. If,
3: If you present me with that scenario that... Texas Tech has beaten West Virginia three years in a row. I would say West Virginia is due. That's the due three because the due three is focused on the opposite, not the Okay, same. yeah, that's what I meant,
2: Yeah, which is equally stupid because we have a new coach and the game is in Lubbock this year instead of Morgantown. Like, all right. There are other factors to consider. The outcome in 2019 the, has no bearing on 2022. But, okay, so why does – all right. Were you going to ask me right. why, why does Kansas State's first three games have no. a bearing on the fourth? Because Vegas no. adjusts when they set the lines. Go ahead. And so the number is going to be okay. gradually right. lower and lower, okay. and eventually it. it'll go over. That's why. What's the next game? West Virginia at Virginia Tech Thursday nighter. So we get a little appetizer of Big Twelve action. Uh huh. I've said this before on the podcast. I feel so bad that West Virginia's top two rivals are not in this conference. Mm. Like, yeah, hate to see it. Really, They had the backyard brawl week one, and now they get this, and then like not a single game to look forward to after that.
3: Did your family ever send you weird pictures?
2: No. West Virginia is minus one and a half. I'm just going to take them on the money line just to be safe. Flat, no. So they're minus 125 there. I think Neil Brown is kind of coaching for his job. I don't know if he can survive one and three with losses to their two biggest rivals in Kansas out of the gates. I mean, they might not fire him like after the game, but it's one of those. Right. Like when Cliff lost 66 to 10 in Ames. Right. He was still the coach here, but it it was over at that point.
3: Yeah, I wrote that after that game, and he was here a whole other year, and I felt bad. It's
2: like, <laughs> I mean, you were right. It the Cliffhanger is over. It took time to sort out. Yeah. yeah.
3: Uh, of course, if they wouldn't have beaten Texas and Austin that year, it would have been over.
2: It's just like Charlie Strong wasn't fired right after the Kansas game, I don't think. Right. I think they let him go to the end of that season, but like we all knew.
3: Yep. So uh, earlier, uh, just to double down, I did do the TCU money line already. Uh, Outside that game under sixty nine and a half. Um, I thought I'd already had action on this game. I I guess I didn't grab it early. So I wish I would have gotten Virginia Tech plus one and a half. You you did Virginia Tech money line or West Virginia money line?
2: West Virginia money line. I'll go opposite. Okay, it's
3: the opposite theory. These aren't even theories. Hashtag just fade, like, Kyle. The hot hand fallacy is a theory, and it's legitimate math.
2: The hot hand fallacy is a fallacy.
3: No, I know. But it's the do theory. I was making fun. I know how I said it. The do theory is the hot hand
2: fallacy. Are you Rob explaining
3: this to me? Okay. All right. Um, I thought you were quick enough to catch jokes, but apparently not.
2: Duke, Kansas. The battle of the unbeatens. They're both <laughs> 3-0. and Like I said, college game day should have been here. Kansas minus seven and a half.
3: I'm starting to wonder if you're a Kansas fan or a Texas Tech fan.
2: Three and O. You and Chase. Against the spread. Three and O versus the over. Yeah. You already know my pick. How long is it? Are you going Kansas in the over or Kansas' opponent in the over? Kansas' opponent in the over. Okay. <laughs> yeah, you're due for one of those eventually. Um, I'll go Kansas to cover. Two, three. Yeah, That that was the joke. Right? <laughs> no, I got it. Baylor, Iowa State, I think this kind of rivals Tech versus Texas as the Big 12 game of the week in a lot of respects in terms of conference games.
3: I was hoping it would blink at eight, but I guess I'll just lock it in at seven and a half. It's not going to move, huh?
2: Well, it opened at eight. So I might hold off on that in case it can get to seven or six and a half. I'm going to go ahead and lock it in. But I, I think I like Kansas. I mean, Duke isn't going to be the one to stop them, right? I mean, they might fall back down to earth at some point, but it's not going to be Duke.
3: I did lock it in at 61 and, a half, and it has gotten to 66 and a half like I thought it would. So good thing I got the over earlier. Do
2: you like how Dana, when we were picking this game, I didn't even tell him what the total was, and he was like, ah, I don't have a good feel on the spread. Just give me the over. Yeah. Didn't care what it was. Oh, he's a gaucho. Just, just wanted the over. He's a gaucho. Baylor goes two aims. Coin boy. This was interesting. They opened as a small favorite. Yeah. Now they're a slight underdog. I'm going to take the Baylor- uh, two picks, Baylor money line and Baylor plus two and a half in Ames. It's tough. It's a tough place to win. I don't think Iowa State is bad, but I, I'm putting my trust in Blake Shapin and Dave Aranda. And if they don't win this, you start to wonder, okay, they've got wins over Albany and Texas State, but losses to Iowa State and BYU. The uh-huh. BYU loss looks worse after they got pounded by Oregon. Yep. You start to wonder, okay, this is not a team that's going to compete at the top of the Big 12 if they lose this game. So I think I think they're gonna win.
3: Can I hit you with some more math logic? Sure. Uh the transitive property. Oh gosh. So if you look at, <laughs> so if you look at BYU, uh Oregon gets hammered by Georgia, hammers BYU. BYU beats Baylor. So by the transitive property, Baylor's just not very good.
2: Are you gonna admit yet that you were wrong to fade Georgia?
3: Uh no, I'm doubling down because Who Who in the country has a better win than Georgia to this point. Okay, so can I just like pause this recording real quick and tell you something? Sure. Yeah, nobody's gonna hear this. Georgia is better than last year. <laughs> <laughs> All right, recording again. No, I'm absolutely fading Georgia, and I'm I'm not gonna back away from that.
2: If y'all could hear what was said off the record yeah. here, you would be I'll I'll never aghast. admit that.
3: I will never admit that to the public, but <laughs> Uh, yeah, they're, they're, they're good. Stetson Bennett, I didn't think would take a step forward. I mean, I'm kind of with you. I, I mean, he's taking a step forward, right?
2: I'm kind of with you. When they beat Oregon, I was like, okay, Oregon first year head coach, they were yeah. overrated Pac-12. Let's see what, but then when Oregon destroys BYU like that, I was like, okay, that was an impressive win.
3: When I don't think defensively, they're better. You You lost some real athletes defensively.
2: But they, their offense took such a big step forward. Well, and They can legitimately, they've recruited so well, they can reload. Like, yeah. they're a team that can lose first-round draft picks and just replace them. Like, I as, mean, as ridiculous as that sounds.
3: Everything you had from Alabama in the last decade, Georgia, I think, will do this, that for the next decade. I think they've replaced Alabama. Yeah.
2: I mean, th- those programs are just so good. Like, when you lose Jordan Brooks here, it's a big deal. And, like, we'll talk about him being a first-round pick for the next decade. But they lose Jordan Brooks and his backup was Jordan Brooks. Yeah. And then that guy goes and wins all SEC and is a second round draft pick, and then his backup was Jordan Brooks. And they just keep doing that.
3: Iowa State minus two and a half.
2: Okay, so we're going we're going opposite, opposite on on a lot of these.
3: Both the money lines, yeah. Okay. Uh but you took TCU, right?
2: Yeah. Plus plus one and a half is where so I got it earlier.
3: We're opposite on uh you took West Virginia money line. I'll just take the Virginia Tech money okay. line. Uh, I'll get a little more juice there. I'm uh, going to take Kansas. We, I'm
2: just going to wait for that line to move a little bit.
3: We were So we'll be opposite on that one. Uh, pretty much dead on the same uh, with the Texas Tech uh, total end line. I feel, Do you think that'll close at 7?
2: I feel validated that when it opened, I thought it was bad and it moved the way yeah. I thought it would and should.
3: I thought it would open at
2: 7.5. I mean, yeah, I mean, I would still... Dude, and again, so when I'll
3: hedge tomorrow, probably
2: or Saturday. Let me explain this. If if Boston College, shout out to Dana beers, was playing Syracuse, Uh and the opening line to me looked ridiculous, right? I would bet the opposite of my gut instinct because usually Vegas knows something. With Tech versus UT, I can't remove my emotion, but so on the gut instinct factor, I'd be like, that's too fishy for me to not pick Tech if I could. And then I'm a I'm a Steam fader. Steam is going toward Texas. That would have me pick I, tech.
3: I said that last week, and you said I was putting words in your
2: mouth. No, I'm a, I'm a Steam okay. fader. I mean, not always. When you say it, you are. It, it's a tool in the toolbox. It's okay. like analytics. All right. <laughs> if I say you're a do theory guy, are you going to argue with me? No, I am. Okay. So, and I use it right. Everything is pointing... If I was using, if I was employing my usual picking strategies, I would go tech, but I just can't do it this time. Like, I can't remove my emotions from it. And usually people have the opposite. They, they bet on their team when they shouldn't. But I'm like, I don't see a way that you keep this to a four or five point game, depending on where you got the line. So NC State and Virginia this week, and
3: that opens as NC State minus five, you would bet Virginia? Is that what you're saying? And you think you think NC NC State should be a bigger favorite?
2: Yeah, if the game was in Charlottesville, I might just not touch it. But yeah, that line would surprise me, and I'd probably be like, well, maybe Vegas knows something. Right.
3: Okay. But you bet Texas anyways, because you just trusted Vegas now.
2: I made this analogy last time. When you played West Virginia in 2012, first year of the Big 12, Geno Smith was a frontrunner to win the Heisman. They were undefeated, ranked number four or five, depending on which poll you looked at. Right. And the week before, Tech... Either, okay, I don't remember which one of these two games, and you lost to OU and had like an ugly win in Ames. Those two games preceded them coming to town. Tech was unranked. Heisman front runner, top five team, comes to Lubbock. I would have thought...
3: Unranked, but I think four and one.
2: Yeah. I would have thought West Virginia by 17. Yeah. The line, I think, I have to do a little homework on this, I think it was like West Virginia minus four. And it's fishy. Yeah. In my naivete, I might have been like, Hammer West Virginia. They're going to kill us,
3: you know. Yeah.
2: And then Tech wins that game by 35 points. Is that going to happen Saturday? I'd be surprised. Maybe the offense finally deli- – maybe we see the Zach Kittley offense yeah. click on all cylinders and you score 45 points. I don't know. I'd, I'd be surprised if that happened. But when lines stink this bad, usually it's for a reason. Yeah. And but- just
3: to double down here. We both have Texas
2: minus five. Yeah. We'll probably uh, four and a half. We'll probably re- four and a half. We got it at four and a half. When? I don't know. Uh Sunday when it opened when we were looking at it, I guess. I'm gonna show you? It opened at five. I guess it blinked at four and a half. Yeah. The early money. Damn. Yeah. See, it pays it pays to pay attention. You like to say blinked a lot. Huh? You're all about when a line
0: blinks. Yeah.
2: Yeah, four and a half.
3: See that when was the you see when you say something, I I just agree with you because that is something I do. But just, you, if I say it, I'm just, It's a term you. Oh, like. oh no, that's all I want to do. It. No, I didn't say you you're got, just argumentative. I didn't say
2: not to say it. I'm <laughs> argumentative.
3: Don't do this. We're both argumentative.
2: I, I would I would I would argue against that. I don't think I'm argumentative.
3: <laughs> We're both <laughs> stubborn too. I will say you try to draw me offsides more than I try to draw you offsides. I I think of you as a co-host. You think of me as a plaything.
0: <laughs>
2: hey, I don't know about that. I don't. I don't try to draw you offsides.
3: Hey, by the way, I think our patreons and Discord members like you more than they like me. I don't think that's true. You've I've won, been getting that feeling
2: earlier. You've won every people pulse that we've done in there. I think. No, you won. You won the. I think they take your side. You won the wife one.
3: I think people are going to explain that to the listeners. No, I don't or? think so. Oh, just leave them Join hanging. the Discord. <laughs> yeah,
2: <laughs> yeah, we'll tell you if you join the Patreon.
3: Anyways, it doesn't matter. I mean, I don't care if they like you more. I just think they do. Uh, did I ever tell you I was getting to know the Gauchos?
2: Uh, three-time class favorite in high school? Getting to know the Gauchos, sponsored by Diversified Lenders. That's true. Over I did share dot Diversifiedlenders.com.
3: I shared a getting to know the Gauchos early this week um how i officiated a wedding for a coworker and her tattoo artist yeah at golden corral i saw that so shout out to um
2: they know who they are the wedding officiant yeah
3: in the audience uh, people probably like their names being called out i just don't
2: know. do we, do we want to do a quick getting to know the gauchos real quick
3: I just did if you want to double down. I mean, I, we learned so, that you were the quarterback your freshman year. You came in from an injury.
2: I mean, since it's Texas week, do you want me to explain my transition from Texas fandom to Texas Texas Yes, Tech?
3: I would love to hear about your transition and how you left Austin. I wonder
2: if a lot of fans did the like record scratch. They're like, wait a second, this guy used to be a Texas fan? All right, yeah. let, let me explain myself.
3: Hey, I'm Kyle, and this is how I got here.
2: And it's you're, t- you're wondering how I got here. This actually ties into your article about T-shirt fans. Okay. So I was born and raised in the city of Austin. Nobody in my family has ever been to college before until me and my sister went.
3: Which had like an like a emotional music.
2: No, I'm just, I'm just I'm setting the – <laughs> Like I, a Friday Night Lights soundtrack or no, something? Because a lot of people grow up with the benefit of like, okay, my dad played for Tech or I was born in Lubbock, so we all drew for Tech. I didn't have anything. So like kindergarten starts, my best friend, his mom is the biggest Texas Longhorn fan I've ever met in my life to this day. Like, she probably likes Texas more than Kyle Long does. Her husband is an Arkansas fan. Now, they had season tickets as a family, but he's an Arkansas fan. He doesn't really want to go to the Texas games, especially when they're playing, like, UNT in the non-conference. So from the time I'm five years old, I'm getting invited to Texas games. And I'm like, yeah, I want to go to that. They're the team here in Austin. I get to go see a football game. Yeah, I didn't have that opportunity very much. And so I was like, okay, let's do it and become a Texas fan. And I went to Texas games with that friend, my best friend from kindergarten, all the way through high school. This is a great touch, too, because Explosions in this guy's is from West Texas. Yep. Okay, so then coming out of high school, I applied to Baylor. I'm gonna, I'm, I'm giving the full story. Oh, I'm man, Baylor. The this, I apply-
3: this feels a little bit like your testimony,
2: by the way. I applied to Baylor. I applied to Texas. Texas State Texas Tech and then several schools that were recruiting me to play football s- smaller schools not Division 1 type schools you could have though no I don't think so <laughs> so it gets down to it I get accepted to Baylor and I, I think oh this is great and they gave me a $56,000 scholarship and I thought oh my god that's so much money ran the numbers still couldn't afford to go to Baylor um Got into Texas State, didn't want to go, got into tech, kind of wanted to go, got uh, what's called capped by UT. I was not in the top 10% or 8%, whatever you needed to be in, because I went to the second best public school in the state of Texas in high school. Full story. Getting no gas. Given all the context. (laughs) So they capped me, which means you go to UTSA or UTD for a semester, and then you go to UT. I was like, okay, maybe, like this is school I rooted for my whole life, but I don't know if I want to go that route. Schools in like North Dakota, Minnesota were like, hey, come play you know, Division two ball. And I was like, what's the winter like up there? And they're like, well, it's not that bad because there's winter break and you don't have to be here in January. <laughs> if uh, that's the pitch. And I was like, yeah. So I go to a small uh, like private liberal arts school in Texas, played one season of football, transferred. And when it was time to transfer, I could have just gone to UT because I had college credits by then. And my mom said, great, you can live at home. If you go to UT, and I said no, that's not the college experience. <laughs> I'm going to go to Tech. So anyway, then I come to Tech, and you know, it's just all in from there. Uh, like, but yeah, I would grew up without any family ties. Nobody told me to root for Texas because, like, oh yeah, your dad went there, your mom went there. It was just like that's the city I live in. My best friend is taking me to Texas football games. What yeah. else was I supposed to do? Absolutely. But I always say, like, once I was and an that's adult
3: through the national championship era,
2: once I was an adult Young, making my own decisions. Formative, yeah, I chose to live in Lubbock. Could have moved after graduation, didn't? Could have gone to UT, either out of high school or uh, after transferring. Chose not to.
3: Could have moved back to Waco. Yeah, so here my wife is from.
2: My I got two degrees from Texas Tech. I have a wife from Texas Tech. I'm a member of the alumni association, Red Raider Club, Matador Club. And at my wedding, they didn't do sparklers; they threw tortillas. So I'm not gonna have anybody question my my Red Raider blood. It's in me now. But and then. Now I get to pass that on to future generations because my kids won't have the excuse of, well, we didn't have any family ties to a college, we didn't grow up watching. Right, any they'll be indoctrinated
3: indoctr- like good fans,
2: absolutely. Yeah. So, they'll be born in Lubbock, they'll be like, oh yeah, dad went to Tech, mom went to Tech. We go, to, we went to Tech games all the time growing up. So that's how I made the transition. And well, uh we're glad you're here. Of course, never looked back.
3: I didn't go to Texas Tech, but I grew up going to Tech games. Right. And I didn't waffle. You were go Shaps, right? <laughs> yeah, go
2: Shaps. So anyway, there are a lot of t-shirt fans. We said Peckham. And I don't know what... This is like ...exact case your article lines out about t-shirt fans, but I hope that a child...
3: Well, eventually, you'll read one of my articles and get the,
2: get the gist. A child with no family ties who's being invited to Texas football games in the city of Austin has an excuse for being a t-shirt fan the first 18 years of his life. Is that okay? Um, yes, basically. Okay.
3: My article was more...
2: Oh, I'm a season ticket holder uh, as
3: well. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: No, I I never questioned you. Nobody's questioning my Red Raider credentials, I hope. Did you delete the photo off Facebook, though? Because I went and
3: got it one time and uh, tried to burn you with it. There's Uh, one photo on your Facebook of you in a uh, Texas shirt.
2: Yeah. You want to know what's funny about that shirt? It was a... uh, participation trophy it was for going to the national championship game against Alabama in oh 09. Yeah. yeah yeah. but they yeah. lost but the well, show was, was like national championship game yeah right. I went to an FCA dinner one time Colt McCoy yeah. was a speaker and he said we knew what they were doing on every play I guarantee you we were going to win that game for whatever that's worth I kind of tend to believe him actually because they got close-ish with Garrett Gilbert who didn't play that well yeah but I mean the who future. knows who knows okay follow-up story I went to a football camp. Oh, no, a long long episode. Again, I'm living in Austin. No, you're good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I went to Jordan Shipley's football camp. I went to Garrett Gilbert's football camp. Maybe this was the same one. They had Garrett Gilbert come throw at Jordan Shipley's football camp. He was roommates with Colt McCoy at, at Texas. Um, this is my second favorite explosion in this guy's song. So I asked Garrett Gilbert. Said, "Yeah, this was after the national championship game, before he took over as a full-time starter. I said, are you all going to be good this year? And he like he kind of like scoffed at me. was like, "Yeah, I think we'll be pretty good." They went five and seven. They were not good. Yeah, no, he still lost to him. That sucks. Case McCoy uh, took over. Yeah, he goes to SMU, and then he gets drafted in like the seventh round out of SMU. And I remember Jake Trotter, who used to cover the Big Twelve for ESPN, was like, "Yeah, does Garrett Gilbert count as a Longhorn getting drafted because they didn't have anybody else drafted that year?" Brutal. Anyway, that's all I got on uh on my my former Texas ties. Do we ever decide uh, on a song about Austin? I picked Texas Flood by Stevie Ray Vaughan. Mm.
3: Talk about getting indoctrinated. That's one of my dad's favorites. Oh,
2: hey man. And, uh, insanely plenty talented.
3: Of, plenty of Lubbock uh, ties to Stevie Ray Vaughan too. Yeah,
2: that's why I tweeted out. He was he was one of the kind of common original acts at the original Stubbs here in Lubbock. So funny to me that people in Austin talk down on Lubbock, they're like, we have live music like Stubbs. Like, If only you knew where that came from. And then Stevie Ray Vaughan came back for Tornado Jam in 1980. Uh, Joe Ely put that on ten years after the devastating tornado, and Stevie Ray Vaughan was, I'm sure, one of the headliners for that. I I can't remember who all else was performing there, but
3: I would love to get that going again,
2: dude. We get the couches. I'm trying. I've I've tried before. Oh, oh, with uh, your day job, the dumbest thing. Shout out to Thomas Mooney for making this connection for me one time. Yeah. Do you know why they shut down Tornado Jam in the first place? Um, too many. No. They were worried that the large crowd that it attracted was going to ruin the buffalo grass at the park. Now, do you know why buffalo grass is called buffalo grass? Uh,
3: because the buffaloes graze on it. Right.
2: Yeah. Stampede on it, roam on it. So, buffaloes, fine. People, well, now it's a concern for the grass. Like, right. I think it would have survived a, a weekend festival every year. Yeah. Especially with, you know, like, isn't there a whole parks and rec department at the city to kind of like manage uh-huh. the. Yeah. So I don't know. I Two want to things. bring it back, though. Let's bring back Tornado Jam.
3: Two things. First thing, uh, Iowa State's new uh, area by their stadium. So cool. Incredible. Um, funny that they're spending $200 million to do all that and we're spending $200 million on a locker room in a south end zone that's going to be way nicer, but it's funny they came up with that number. Um, way cooler than a pedestrian bridge even though the pedestrian bridge is really cool. Uh, I'll also say this. um, I would love for Lubbock to have something like that, especially if it's an amphitheater near the stadium. Um, Man, I just – I don't – obviously, I can't do any of that. I I could probably campaign for it, but uh, I don't have the pocket change or anything else to get something like that done. Uh, But if you could, like, tear down those buildings like the – it was like a hurricane for a while. I don't think the restaurant's open anymore. And then all the way down to, like, 7-Eleven, and then go around – the Overton uh, apartment thing back to the hotel and you could have that L shape right across from the stadium hooked up as some kind of real Texas live type district where there's some space outside and it's all connected so you could still have a bar running through it. That would be amazing. And really the only place you could do it. Um, would also love, love... And I know that the amphitheater exists, but another amphitheater type thing uh but slate col slate cultures coming in to town. do you see that Mm-mm. with a bunch of uh, at the blue light uh, I believe the thirty first or first the thirtieth and first maybe it's next weekend um but it's like uh what just you like talking through that, oh wow. <laughs> Well, it's, it's it's either the 31st and the 1st of the next month or the 30th and the 1st of this month. Okay. That's what I was trying to say. Gotcha. It's a two-day thing.
2: Dude, this jersey swap tweet is so funny. Is it working? I don't care what it is. I think so
3: now, but I don't know. It didn't look like it worked for me.
2: It, maybe he finally accepted well, it. Well, now it's – so it changed. We had an emoji, like a handshake emoji. Now it's a question mark, but the picture is there. The meme is there, and people are, like, replying, so I know it's out oh, there. Okay, good. I don't know how co-tweets work, so I wish I'd yeah, I didn't. understood that a little bit better. I don't
3: think he accepted it yet. And maybe he accepted it now. I don't know. Can you retweet it yet?
2: Yeah, I retweeted it.
3: Oh, okay. Yeah, then he accepted.
2: Okay. Anyway. Big fan.
3: Big fan of the meme.
2: Yeah, dude, I can't wait to talk to him tomorrow.
3: I sent you that meme, and then you made it better.
2: Yeah, you just had some lazy... <laughs> oh, my God. You, you never use our our font. You, you know, I'm, I don't we, use Canva. Dude, you of all people, you're a brand guy, right? I've got a, uh,
3: an we've, app called Mematic. We've that got that a makes brand family of,
2: of colors and, and a <laughs> stylistic guide and all that, you know?
3: I fixed the watermark. What more do you want?
2: <laughs> it's a meme. <laughs> yeah, but fine. Like a little bit of quality goes a long way with a meme, you know? I uh, See, I'm kind of the opposite. All <laughs> right, so we've done our picks.
3: Uh, we've talked about our sponsors, our wonderful sponsors, Diversified Lender, Rojino, and Cardinals.
2: We got to know the gauchos, probably way more than anybody ever wanted got to. to. <laughs> got to know the gauchos. We talked to Dana Beers. We did our picks. Are we missing anything? Do you have any final thoughts on like the end of this rivalry and the last time to play Texas and Lubbock, most likely? I know Like on a technicality, it's not officially that because they could stay all the way through the 2024 season, but I think nobody really expects that to happen.
3: No. Um, and, you know, quite technically, they could come to Lubbock next year um, because you're going to move to a 14 team league for a year if they stay, uh, which means all of the home games that you had this year aren't necessarily going to be road games next year. It's going to be a brand new schedule format.
2: I think they would fight that tooth and nail.
3: 100%. But your mark does not give a damn. Yeah. Allegedly. Allegedly. Um, And I think he would probably rule in Texas Tech's favor for the first time in the history of the Big 12 against Texas to do that. Now, I don't know that they would set that up specifically. Um, I would assume you probably try to get as many in the first year as kind of opposite things, but somebody will be a back-to-back host, I'm sure.
2: Because you can't just add four schools in you no, know, it happened the last time you reorganized the Big yeah. Twelve was there was there. Yeah, used to not play things.
3: Texas and Oklahoma in the same year, right? Exactly. And then somebody in the city of Lubbock was like, "That'd be great for tourism." Well,
2: I could tell you who. Yeah. It, it wasn't tourism; it was a competitive advantage.
3: well so you could be good
2: on every other year if you had a 2008 type run again. You wouldn't have to go to Norman. Was the thought behind it? But the opposite of that is also true. And then you tanked and had... <laughs> you, could, you have to go to Norman and Austin in the same year, even if you're a good team. Yeah. And, but, you know... Not te- well thought out, in my opinion. Texas hasn't won in Norman since 1922.
3: That's true. Oh, uh, I've given my thoughts plenty. I've written articles about it. Probably have 5,000 words added on at this point. Uh, you can Google com Longhorns if you want to. Um. I'm glad they're leaving. I really don't care to continue it at some point. I want to continue it. Uh, and I would love to play them in baseball every year at globe life. And I would love to play them home and home in basketball. Um, but I just am kind of done with longhorns for a while. Uh, if it's a five year break and then you come back as heated at ever as ever, and you get to build a little bit and you'll be a little more even playing ground then yeah, let's do it. Uh, but I don't, I don't think that you should move heaven and earth to try to play them every year, and I think it's a natural close to the rivalry. And I hope you beat the hell out of them one last time. And in ten years, when you're doing the next Longhorn Fact uh, Thursday or Wednesday, whatever it is, it's going to be um, Texas Tech is one and zero in final games ever played in a rivalry <laughs> with Texas.
2: Yeah, I, I think I'm with you. I'm pretty indifferent. I mean, if they wind up on your non-conference schedule, cool. You know, there's obviously some history and intrigue there, but I think the phrase you used was, don't move heaven and earth to do it. I'm for that as well. I mean, I, I think the new Big 12 is going to be so compelling competitively because you just have more peers. Like, the way it is— Everyone's a peer. In the old Big 12, you had Nebraska, AM, OU, and Texas all kind of had pretty comparable resources— and I felt like they elevated the second tier, which was a- at times Colorado, Texas Tech, schools like that, Oklahoma State, Kansas State, in the Bill Snyder era. Yep. And so it was a fun conference, and then but when it when it reshifted and you replaced losing Colorado, Missouri, A and M, and Nebraska with TCU and West Virginia, it's just never the same after that.
3: No, there was a an, a, a very small top tier. In a very large medium tier, and yeah, then so
2: Kansas. So, OU punched down on everybody for the last decade. And it was just kind of like, what's the point of this? You know, like there's only 10 teams, it's a full round robin. There's no, or, or not no geographic diversity, but like tech fans before me, they got to go to Boulder every four years. I didn't get to do that. We're playing the same teams, right. home and home every year, which is cool in some ways. But I don't know, it just had its drawbacks. It got stale after a while. It's like, yes. okay, West Virginia's way out there on an island. OU just beats up on everybody. What is it? But like the new Big Twelve, okay, like I'm I'm excited to go to Provo. And I think Houston, if if this week or this year's game was any indication that'll be a fun rivalry. Oklahoma State, I think you could ratchet up that rivalry. They don't have Bedlam anymore. Who's their big rival? Do you like
3: uh Gundy's comments? Yeah. I wish Texas Tech would have taken that
2: view. Yeah. So I all that to say. Yeah. I, I would love to have some like in the non-conference Arkansas, Texas A and M, and some rotation. But I'm not. I'm not going to die on the hill of like Texas has to play us for the next 25 years. I could I could kind of take that or leave that. Would love to play them in basketball, baseball, some too. Like doesn't have to just be football.
3: I legitimately want to meet Texas. Um, all right, so TCU let's say Oklahoma State and Texas Tech every year in Arlington with Texas, Oklahoma, go ahead and get Bedlam out of the way one game, or if you want to do that later, have it be A&M, Texas, and Mississippi State because they were such a good travel squad earlier, and you have just kind of some natural rivalries there in baseball. Do that every year. Do Texas and Ole Miss and Mississippi State or whoever else in the SEC – and then bring Texas Tech and whoever else in the Big 12, TCU and Baylor, probably the number ones because they're so close to, to Arlington. Have it every year. And I. You had 25,000 people to 40 coming off COVID. And that was like the first thing everybody went and did. No, I guarantee you it would be major every year.
2: I wish more fans of departing schools would admit. I think some Nebraska fans do, but I wish more would admit that they enjoy the long-term. Okay, if you don't want to call it a rivalry, let's just call it an in-state, in-conference matchup that you've played for seven decades, but it's yeah. not a rivalry. Um, And look, they can they can cope all they want and be like, well, you know, we'll still get to play OU in the, in the SEC. Like, yeah, your pod is going to be interesting. You got Arkansas, A&M, OU, Texas in the same pod. If they do it right. But, like, the rest of your games are against... Okay, Kentucky, Mizzou, Vandy, Mississippi State. Does that really excite you more than – like I know the old Southwest was like the opposite end of that spectrum and Texas wanted to branch out besides just playing SMU, TCU, Rice. Right. But like the old Big 12 was a good system. Texas was in a division with Baylor, Tech, Oklahoma, A&M, and also got to play Nebraska, Colorado, you know, Kansas State when they had good teams in the Snyder era on rotation and in conference. And then they could schedule non-conference whoever they wanted – to build that national brand if they wanted to go play Notre Dame or USC, Ohio State. I feel like if they're going to take this attitude in the new SEC and say, well, we're not going to play any in-state rivals in the non-con, so you're going to go play ACC schools in the non-con and then misfit SEC schools in the conference, and like you'll play maybe one game against an in-state opponent all year?
3: Yeah, and I think they will play an in-state opponent every year for Texas. Uh, I don't him. know what Oklahoma's gonna do. Well, I'm talking about in the non con. Because mm. that's what Del Conte said. Da Conte said he he didn't say he were gonna they were gonna play Texas Tech for twenty five years. They said they were gonna play uh in conference games or in state games. So they're gonna play UTEP, they're gonna play UTSA, they're gonna play ACU, um, and be fine with that. And look, if if you're having a chase and beg, I just don't wanna do it. And I I'll admit The money is good. Them selling out Texas Tech for the last 10,000 seats or whatever you need to sell it out is good. Um, The tourism is good for people who hate saying that they're coming to Texas or coming to Lubbock or whatever is good. But I am tired of their fans. (laughs) I just don't want to deal with Longhorn fans anymore. It's probably as simple as that. Except for obviously Umling who we're going to talk to tomorrow.
2: (laughs) You know what I mean? Well, it's it's just a it's a misplaced arrogance. Like OU fans are yeah. arrogant, but they at least have kind of achieved something recently. Doesn't it feel like a natural break with Texas? It's like we, it's we've
3: had we've done it. It's fine. I guess. And I, again, I, I would like to play in other sports, but the, the football thing. It's like okay, well, and you just like we're fine.
2: You were never going to be on equal footing with them in the same conference. The, but they don't they don't make it fun. They got preferential treatment the whole way. Yeah. they get more money the whole way. And
3: they don't ever admit to that or agree. So
2: it's like, okay, I get why A&M left. Their their excuse was like, well, we want to get out of UT shadow, and it worked for them. Yes, I would like to do that. Look, they're going to look down their nose at the new Big 12 and say the SEC is better, it's richer. Okay. I mean, like, we still get a team in the playoff, at least one. Yeah. So if we handle our business against Oklahoma State and BYU, y'all can watch us in the college football playoff from your... Oh, couch. Man, that is going to be so good. And keep oh, catching those checks early. while you go 7 and 5 in the SEC. And
3: then they're going to go, "You got you got beat in the first round?" Like, okay. Okay.
0: we
2: <laughs> were we'll be there. Yeah, we'll we'll hang the banner for College Football Playoff appearance. Big 12 title. I don't think they're going to be hanging any conference title banners. No. I,
3: I mean they are going to be on the West. I will be interested we'll see. to see how they break out the SEC, but that's a conversation for another day. Yeah. Uh, all right, I'm done. If you are,
2: yeah, it'd be fun to beat them on their last time. Show up, show out, get loud, throw tortillas, have a good time. Love y'all. What's this?
3: It's a Matador song.
2: On what instrument? The trombone. <laughs> it's our friends at Twenty Three Personnel. Wow.
3: I can't do any more. Oh, man. I just wanted to shout out 23 personnel there. All right. Love y'all. Oh, yeah.